But I think in terms of the brokenness, that side of things, I think that probably comes from experiences that we have in our early years, maybe growing up, maybe through a school situation or series of situations. And then there's an experience where different sorts of feelings can emerge and belief systems can be developed that are not helpful, that actually can take on a life of their own. And then that becomes a story that then becomes something that we can choose to disempower. And that builds resilience. It's not about sort of not having any issues or not having any areas to work on. It's it's just knowing that if there's things to delve into, then there's also the gold that you experience and discover along the way. Welcome to the Self Love Podcast, the show that helps crack open your heart and inspire a deeper regard for your own well-being and happiness. Proudly brought to you by 28 Essentials, here's your host, the gorgeous Kim Morrison. Welcome to the Self Love Podcast. This week, the beautiful Vanessa Finnegan joins us. This amazing soul is not only the founder and editor of Holistic Bliss, which is in its 15th year, a magazine that's extraordinary, but she's also been in the healing field for 30 years. She's a freelance writer for magazines for nearly 20 years. She's also a psychologist, an energy facilitator, an author, and a freelance writer. This amazing soul has just written her latest book called Being Enough, How to Pitch, Write, and Be Seen. You're going to love her story. She is a deeply thoughtful soul and someone who really does want to make a difference in this world. She connects us all in many different ways, in particular through Holistic Bliss magazine. I am honored and delighted to welcome her to the show. Get ready to hear some beautiful insights, some tips, and also maybe an ability to flick a switch to make you realize that your story is worth telling. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you love the show, please give it a five-star rating. It helps to get the message out there of self-love. And also, if you've got any comments or feedback, head on over to my Instagram page, Kim Morrison and the number 28, my Facebook page, Kim Morrison Training, or you can go to thewellnesscouch.com forward slash self-love podcast. So appreciate being on this amazing ride with you. Thank you so much for tuning in. Take care. Be kind. Welcome to the Self Love Podcast. This week, as you hear, I am absolutely delighted and excited to have the gorgeous Vanessa Finnegan with us. I've known this amazing woman for quite some time now. I've been embalmed in her beautiful work with her amazing magazine and her editorial skills. She's also an incredible creator in so many amazing ways. And she is someone who I would love to say is a gorgeous sunny coaster and a dear friend. Welcome to the Self Love Podcast, beautiful Vanessa. Thanks so much for having me on your divine podcast, Kim. Oh, look, it is an amazing show. We have incredible listeners who are just going to absolutely fall in love with you. If someone hasn't heard of Holistic Bliss or Being Enough, your book and your magazine and all of those incredible things you do, could you just take us on a little journey as to where Vanessa began and what took you down this beautiful journaling route 
and all the incredible work that you do? Yes, well, it started with I I was 19 years old and I started off as a lifeline telephone counsellor when I was studying psychology and I just knew that I wanted to be a part of people's journeys and and facilitating and being part of the healing journeys of people. And so uh, so many things have happened between then and creating Holistic Bliss magazine. So, so many different things were catalysts and, and inspirations really. So uh, it just, just depends how deep you'd like me to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the fact that you even have a magazine called Holistic Bliss certainly suggests to the listener that there is a lot of depth and thought. Where did that journey come from? What is, you obviously have a real interest in journalism or writing. What was your desire or dream? And where from 19 did you actually find the absolute, I've got to do this? Yeah, it was really interesting because I was studying psychology and journalism at uni and I found the journalism subjects quite boring. I I actually thought that I was going to do journalism when I finished school because I loved writing. And I did the psychology subjects and I just loved them. The lectures were so inspiring and it just lit up my whole world. So I went on to become a registered psychologist and then I worked with children and families. Uh, I was in my mid-20s when I had my own uh, private practice and so I was integrating a lot even back then into, into my practice. So I had discovered things like emotional release counselling, which is now called expressive therapies, and uh, so I was doing sand play and and expressive therapies with with children, and I kept on casting the net wider. So I I became interested in holistic well being and spirituality, and I just started reading more and more books on those topics. And I remember I would have been I think it was my mid twenties. I came across the video series with Joseph Campbell and Bill Moyers, the American journalist. And uh, Joseph Campbell was talking about all of the different amazing insights from ancient cultures and and myths from these ancient cultures. And there's one video called Follow Your Bliss, and that just really spoke to me. And (laughs) that has been almost like a mantra since I discovered that video series. And then it, it also became part of the inspiration for creating Holistic Bliss magazine. So that was uh, over 14 years ago that I created Holistic Bliss magazine. And um, But before that, winding, winding back a little bit, uh, after becoming a psychologist, I also had a year off. I went and lived in Taiwan. Uh, I taught English to students there and meditated. I also... Uh, discovered that I could write as part of my way of being of service to the community, and so I, I became I, I basically started pitching article ideas to to editors and for magazines and newspapers, and that took me on a journey with freelance writing, and that's part of what my book also encourages people to do to to learn how to pitch and to have the confidence 
to pitch article ideas to editors and also having the unique experience of being an editor for Holistic Bliss, being on both both sides to be able to, to share some tips for people. And so, yeah, I, I just kept on meeting interesting people along the way as well who had recovered from life-threatening illnesses and situations and there was something within me, there was a knowing that really was confirmed, I guess, that that, that true dynamic healing is possible. Yeah, it's a really interesting one, isn't it, that we somehow through life lose the trust or the innate understanding that our body and our minds are just incredible vehicles for living a blissful life. Mm. In your humble experience then throughout all of those years, I'm sure it wasn't just simple and straightforward each and every day. Were there ever moments for you where you felt challenged, where maybe your words weren't being heard, or did you ever get the pitch wrong and then only to turn it around to something more profound or is that the reason why you became your own editor so that you could accept all of your work? <laughs> yes. Um, the life of a freelance writer for magazines and newspapers is is a challenging one. It's it's quite uh it takes quite a lot of persistence. And I, I feel like that's something that I have quite naturally coming to me. Uh, but at the same time, you know, it it is quite it's a it's a whole thing in itself to to pitch something to suit the energy and the focus of a particular publication. So um, I, I really enjoyed doing that to a certain level and then I just really felt inspired to create my own publication to create a community voice that would be a little bit more inclusive as well. So rather than... Um, you know, just having one person writing all of the articles um, or, you know, just just forcing people to write in a certain style. We've opened things up quite a bit with Holistic Bliss for people to be able to share in their own unique and natural way through their articles and, and through their adverts even. So, Oh, yeah, and you do it so well. Like I've had the privilege of writing for your magazine. I've had the privilege of being uh, my stories being told in your beautiful magazine, and to just feel really heard, and then to have those words written with my heart and your understanding of that heart is is probably one of the most humbling experiences of my life. It's oh. it's all very good and well to tell your story, but for someone else to write it as you think you've told it, there's, there's a real talent and skill in that, don't you think? How do you keep out of bias or being able to hold their voice whilst also having your own interpretation of what you're hearing? Yeah, I mean, it's been, I mean, I just have to say, it's been an absolute pleasure and honour to have you part of Holistic Bliss magazine and grace our cover as well. So, you know, and you sharing your unique insights and, you know, aromatherapy as well is is such a gift in the way that you've created it too. So, uh, yeah, how did I get so lucky? <laughs> so, um, I think we belong to the mass, the Mutual Admiration <laughs> Society. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I don't think it's so much about 
me, I guess, when I'm writing, yeah, when I'm writing a cover story or I'm writing an article about someone, it's it's really about um, being able to share their message in a way that um, is sharing their unique essence as much as possible and, you know, what their unique messages are. So, yeah, I think it's sort of me kind of stepping out of the way a little bit with with that process, um, whereas other things like, you know, perhaps writing my book, it's been a little bit more sharing of me and, yeah, a, a little bit of a different process again. Well, let's talk about that because it's a very different and it's almost, um, well, I don't want to put words into your mouth, but sharing yourself in a book, um, even as the editor writing your monthly or the words that you say about that edition in particular, it, there's an element of courageousness and vulnerability in that. How have you found the journey from being an editor of a magazine into being a published author? I have had an absolute ball, actually. <laughs> I I really wrote when I wanted to, when I felt inspired to write, and when it felt joyful too. So there was there was nothing within me that was saying I've got to do it by this date, or it's there was no pressure. Um, it wasn't needing to be completed by a certain date or anything like that. So it was. It, it was actually quite a fun and joyful process and I thought about the things over the years, the tips and the insights in, you know, having my articles published for a variety of magazines and newspapers in Australia and overseas and I thought, well, if I can share some of those tips to make it easier for people and give people the confidence to to know that they can actually pitch then then that's that's a, an absolute delight to be able to do that and you know to share a bit of my story of how it came to be you know how I came to be uh writing for for magazines and newspapers and then create holistic bliss as well mm-hmm. um and uh and you know to be facilitating people as well is is a great joy in amongst all of that too so there's a chapter in the book on uh, looking at limiting belief systems that can that can get in the way of stepping up and stepping out, in, you know, in a new way with a new group of people, and so, and that's an area I absolutely love to mm. assist people with. <laughs> well, and you're very good at it. Yeah, there's something that you said at the very beginning. Uh, gorgeous Vanessa around helping people to heal um, I've just I'd love to go back to that for a second because not only does your book and your magazine help people to be seen but also to feel like they're part of your world because of the way you write them but is there a real thing with human beings in all your experiences as a psychologist as well why is it us humans get broken or is is being broken or being on a healing journey for everybody? Is that what all humans have to experience to actually understand the human experience? Yeah, it's it's such an interesting journey. I, I think whenever you're working with other people and facilitating other people, there is a natural tendency to want to find out more about yourself. And so it's like a 
it's like the seeker's journey you know you, you the more the more you discover about yourself the more you want to continue to to find out other things other aspects but i think you know in terms of the brokenness that that side of things i think that probably comes from you know experiences that we have in our early years um maybe growing up maybe through a school situation or series of situations and then there's an you know an experience where you know different sorts of feelings can emerge and belief systems can can be developed that um are not helpful that that actually can take on a life of their own so and then that becomes a story that you know then becomes something that we can choose to to um disempower so and and that builds resilience you know it it's it's um it's not about sort of not having any issues or not having any areas to work on it's it's just knowing that if you know if there's things to 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 delve into then yeah there's there's also the gold that you experience and and discover along the way so you know when you mentioned joseph campbell the first thing i thought of was the hero's journey and how yeah. he describes how each and every one of us are on an adventure and to really go out there and to participate fully in life we set out on this adventure we come across challenges or dragons or um slayers and things like that people that may bring our dreams hopes down or maybe challenge us in certain ways but through that we find our mentors our tutors or our reason and through the depths of that struggle and trying to cross over that threshold we then find the treasures and we bring those treasures back and we're way more whole and we're way more grown and expansive and and have a real more depth to us so to speak only to set out on another new adventure <laughs> That's and, right. and I find that life the human experience is definitely one it would be pretty bland without these challenges and and mm. one other thing that I I was told many years ago you know to to live a full rich human experience struggle and challenge is part of that that's what makes our journey so unique and special and and the sense of overcoming and and conquering and all of those things is part of our growth but someone said to me once if you ever come across people whose lives are pretty mediocre as in they don't have a lot of trials or tribulations not a lot of loss or damage or all of those things their soul chose to take a break this time round. And as I heard those words land this time, I was like, well, isn't that an interesting, beautiful way of looking at it? Do you believe in soul journeys? And if so, what's your understanding of us as a soul being as much as being a human being? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And that was part of my experience of uh going to taiwan uh i also i was meditating for a period for three months full time and i i had a lot of insights that came through that time and it, it confirmed a lot for me that you know it we're not just our 
life circumstances, you know, we're not our how much we're making or, you know, the the number of houses or cars and, you know, what sort of jobs we have. It, it, there's There's more, there's way more. And so that's what really interested me too the more the more i investigated the more i looked within i was really feeling more connected on a spiritual level and then connecting to everyone else as a result so it's powerful isn't it mm. it's actually powerful when we take a moment to associate the soul the human the spirit what i loved about holistic bliss was you know, some people would call it woohoo, some would call it conspiracy, some would call it out there, universal truths. Yet the human, whether you're a scientist or whether you're a a healer, we are all made up of the same gunk and we all have the same desires to love and to be loved. What did you find has been in 14 years of being the editor of this incredible magazine with amazing writers and healers and practitioners and scientists, all the things that you've shared over 14 years, what would you say has been the greatest or what are some of the greatest insights or learnings you've taken for you personally in listening to all of these beautiful souls? It's It's been an absolute magical journey and I feel like I've it's been such a contribution to me on a personal level as well as you know I'm aware that obviously it's been a contribution to people in the community and the contributors as well and so it's a it's sort of a giving and receiving in in all directions there and and so uh, you know it's there's been so many learning curves and I think that's where you know it, psychology for me was also an area where I was always growing I was I was always learning and I guess with running a magazine it's just on a on another level again so it's 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 way more connecting in with the community and the the world so I've got a question for you then (laughs) I've got a question did you ever have a writer or contributor who it just did not, it did not sit with you, but you felt compelled to share it anyway? Or did you just always find the people that sent in articles, it totally aligned? It's, it's interesting because I think there's only ever been a handful of people that have contacted me or contacted uh, the team and had you know, perhaps an article idea or they wanted to to run an ad and it it just didn't align. And so I think making those guidelines for, you know, obviously to include as many people and as many modalities, but but then when it feels like it's just not aligned, then that you know, that obviously became more and more clear as time went on that um you know, they they were not going to benefit and it just it just wasn't aligned. So um, you know, I guess to remove the judgment as much as possible from that, uh, in you know, just in in being really clear with what we're creating. And so I I don't ever recall anyone where you know an article or an ad went ahead, even though we sort of thought, oh, you know. This, this is feeling wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm, th- yeah, very thankful that 
um, things always line up, you know, mm. particularly before going to print because, you know, sometimes things can get pulled at the last minute and you're like, ah, I've got this big gap here, you know, and can we just talk about this journey of yours as an editor? Because it all, like, we as the consumer get the end point. It's like, yay, another magazine, another um, month, another beautiful group of contributors, another lot of articles. But can you just talk us through? Because I think for many people, they do not realize what it takes to get a magazine out every month, every bi month, whatever it is. What are some of the pitfalls and the challenges of, you just mentioned one then, something gets pulled, but what is what are the challenges that you faced? And I can even imagine from a financial point of view, because you're relying on advertisers, and yet for many people, you if you don't get them, you can't print the magazine. So tell us what it's been like to be an editor of a magazine and give us the truth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to start with, it was really challenging. And, you know, I, I, I had a little bit of savings that, you know, just to get the magazine off the ground, but I was basically doing everything myself, you know, including driving around the Sunshine Coast and delivering, um, you know, what I called a magazine, which was actually only eight pages to start with, you know, back then. So it was very uh, small, you know, small scale in, the, in those early years. And, you know, but it was... It was amazing just with something within me was saying just, you know, just get it out there and, and keep going. So just being able to continue to listen to, you know, that inner guidance. But, yeah, I mean, there were times where um, I thought, God, I'm not sure if this edition is going to go ahead because, you know, we've had the floods or we've had, you know, something, you know, maybe people just being affected by the global financial crisis which was you know I basically started the magazine around that time so it was you know it just almost felt like every year there was sort of some major thing you know and and then it was my own personal world you know I had um, a lot of grief and loss in my family too where I think we lost you know six close relatives in a short period of time and yeah, just things like that where you you just you you know it's you're not getting your sick days and your your holiday pay and things like that when you're running your own business, you know, to start with. So um it it yeah, it does really um it means that you've got to look after yourself more than the average person um and really just keep being um, able to to see the the bigger picture as well as taking it day by day and step by step, not not getting too ahead of yourself. That's massive. I just can I just take a moment to congratulate <laughs> you for that because it's you know we just get to enjoy the outcome. We don't see unless the people working right beside you. We don't see the stress, the deadlines, the timing, the money, the hours that you spend up, the interviews, the photo shoots, the like the advertisers. We just don't see all of that. So I just want to acknowledge you to last in this industry for fourteen years goes without saying is a master feat in itself, but. You did mention in there about looking after yourself and and being the self-love podcast. You know, for many people, again, we just see the gloss and the shine and the outcome. But to really look after yourself is to truly love yourself, is to take that care and realize you are a priority. 
what would your definition of self-love be? I really believe it's about coming out of self-judgment as much as much as you can and the commitment to your own personal growth and evolution with kindness. Yeah, that's how I see it. I think one thing you just said then, to actually have a commitment to yourself but to do it with kindness yet we were just talking at the beginning about how much goes on between our ears and so how often we are on this healing journey how the hell do you be kind to yourself if you're struggling with yourself or struggling in your life or I mean that definition is so beautiful and it makes sense when we're in a good space but how do you come out of yourself and not judge yourself and commit to yourself when you feel anything but that? What would be your supporting advice for the listener? Yeah, knowing that those times where you don't feel like you're being productive or maybe you've actually even got to be in a bit of a cocoon for a while and, um, you know, be gentle and, and you know, not in action mode, is, is just as much a part of the process and just as important as the times where you're manifesting and, you know, in in the productive mode. So, um, you know, even resistance, you know, people can sort of go, oh, it's a, you know, that's a bad thing, you know, but it's just part of, part of the whole process. So I think the more that we can accept all those different parts and, and then um, just keep going, you know, and, and, you know, just put one foot in front of the other. And, yeah, and and that may sound action-orientated because sometimes one foot in front of the other is taking time out and resting as well and, you know, having, having that um, space to receive, you know, healing sessions or, you know, nurturing things for for ourselves Mm. um and that that's that's the thing that i've seen over the years that's the biggest challenge with healers is the is the receiving you know the the giving is very easy when you're a healer and you want to you know be there for everyone else and and that's a beautiful thing um but it's it's not sustainable without the um the self-love and the self-care and the kindness to self. It's a it's like a practice, I think, like anything, you know, the kindness to self or gratitude. It's a commitment to be living and breathing that as much as possible in each moment. Do you find this is this is I'm I'm gonna go into a question. You don't have to answer it, but I just I'm I'm curious because healers, practitioners, therapists, there is a natural slant, as you say, to give and to serve, and that's their driving force or their essence, and that's so beautiful. But there's so many therapists and healers and beautiful conduits of health and wellness that are broke because they don't link the power of being you know, paid for what they're worth. Is there is that stigma still there in your opinion in this healing world? And mm. if it is, what do you think is lacking or what is needed for people to match that amazing gift of giving 
into the art of receiving what they're well well within their rights to receive financially. Yeah, I think particularly in the spiritual healing and the consciousness field, there can be a lot of belief systems around that it's not okay to make a certain amount of money or it's not okay to, you know, be doing things for yourself, um, that there's almost like this, you know, metal, you know, to to keep going and, and, and giving. And, you know, I, I just... I, it's, it, it, you know, it's a shame when you do see healing businesses that don't make it because of those belief systems and because that's been a barrier to them expanding and growing. I mean, I, I had to actually let go of a lot of spiritual beliefs that I had in the early stages. I'd done a lot of, I'd been a part of spiritual groups and meditation groups. And then when it came to running a magazine, those things really needed to be evaluated in order for things to expand. So um, I I had to get really comfortable with, you know, being able to receive in a different way and and yeah, for for the money side of things to flow and, you know, for more ease and more more joy really to to be experienced. So well, it's a fascinating thing because the more money you earn from putting out a magazine like Holistic Bliss or your beautiful book being enough, the more you earn, the more resources you then have to create more resources or more work for other people. Yeah, it, yeah. it just doesn't make sense to me that healers and practitioners do not value that money and time. And and I know I can say this from myself. The very first day I graduated from being a sports therapist, the first client walked in and it was the day I could charge $30 for a half an hour uh, sports massage. And they came in, they had a massage, and as they left, they said, how much do I owe you? And I went, oh, that's 30 10, It's on me. And as they walked out, I was so upset with myself for doing that, but I don't know why I had this instant desire to think that I wasn't worthy of being paid. And that opened up a can of worms and pathway for me to actually heal the part of me that had an association that money did not equate to making a difference. Whereas yeah. now I have such a powerful belief that the more I can earn, um, and I guess my one of my healers called it ethical earnings, where you are earning the money in such a beautiful ethical way that inspires you to expand and grow, which then gives more people access to the things that you have to offer. Has your team grown? And, and if so, what have you found has been the most extraordinary platform for which you have been able to help so many people because you've actually had the ability to create an income from this? Yeah, well, it, it allowed the magazine to grow. It allowed the team to grow. So then I felt like it was actually supporting other people, you know, supporting their lives and and then we were able to, you know, do things like have giveaways and and you know have have a budget for those things and you know contribute to sponsoring events and things like that. So yeah, it, to me, it uh, it really is a way of contributing so much more and to you know for there to be a joy 
you know, a joy with it. So um, I think that that also is really inspiring for other people too to know that that they can do that too. I think it gives them permission, right? Mm. Like, And that's what I think your magazine really did do is it gave us all permission to not only be ourselves, to express ourselves in our way, but to also be well paid for that. And I just, I just want to acknowledge you for that again, because many of the therapists that I've seen, including holistic vets through to homeopaths and people that I've seen advertised in the magazine, they have really made me, well, I guess your essence and your um core values uh, have shown up in those people as well, which is why there's an alignment. So I just want to thank you for introducing me to so many remarkable souls near and far. I want to talk a little bit about doing cover stories because that is something that's really interesting to those of us that look at magazines. And even though we're in a very digital world these days, there's still a nice feeling not only to see a cover in a digital magazine, but also to hold a magazine. Well, what what creates the essence of a cover story? What's What are you looking for in a cover? A lot of people will give me information on people from overseas who are really high profile and you've got to have this person on your cover. And so we We've really wanted to include, uh, yes, people overseas, but also people that are local that maybe aren't so well known, but they they are inspiring people. They are touching people's lives. And so we've had people from the Sunshine Coast. We've had people from Queensland, from um, interstate, from overseas, a really a nice mix of people we've had. Um, healing practitioners, we've had um, singers, we've had people that are, you know, sharing their bliss in different ways and, you know, in their you know, their own unique way. So, um, yeah, my my key criteria really is, um, you know, is, is the person sharing their own, you know, uniqueness and um, how can we, um, you know, share their story and, and for others to benefit and be inspired. Oh, I love it, especially when you also these people had a book or they had a um, a clinic or they had a, an event that we could go to. That was always powerful as well, and I just really appreciated. I was always excited as to who was on the cover or who's going to be the next one that's coming because there's always such a beautiful story and behind it. I, from that perspective, then an editor, fourteen years. What was the trigger for the timing of releasing now being enough your book? So going from editor to author, what's that journey been like for you? And can you tell us about being enough, how to pitch right and be seen? Yeah, so it has been, writing has been something that has been with me for at least 19 years now. But I've, I guess looking back, I've always enjoyed writing even you know, through school and things like that, it was it was sort of always one of my strengths. So, I I think the timing for the book um, has been um, just I guess in terms of the space that I've had in in my own world to to really um, be able to write with joy and and to to really reflect on okay, so these last nineteen years of being a freelance writer for for magazines and newspapers, what what things have I learned and how can I share those things? And it it just seemed to be more and more people were were looking for that information. And 
then as an editor of Holistic Bliss, I would often get people sending me, um, you know, things like, oh, I've, I've got a few things that I could write about. I've got these areas and these areas. And I was thinking, you know, I just would love to assist that person to know how they can actually pitch, you know, one idea at a time and and actually do that with, you know, other editors and, you know, could be through global online magazines where they can um, be seen further afield. So it's, yeah, it's definitely, it. it's something, I think the pitching of the article ideas is something not a lot of people really know how to do. So, yeah, and some people will include the whole article. They'll just send off their article to an editor. So things like that where, you know, they can learn the things like the do's and don'ts as well. So, Well, I know from my perspective, pitching your very first um, book. That that increases their chance of being published. Yes, well, that's the thing. So whether you're a published author or a published article writer, to be published is probably one of the most um, most positive affirmations that what you've got to say is worthy of reading. And I always think, and I, you're probably the same, I can imagine, because you've got the biggest heart. Every single person that picks up one of your magazines and now your book, is there an immense amount of gratitude in your heart that they have aligned with and connected to it? And if so, is that also the essence of your book being enough? Because for many of us, we get comparisonitis. We think someone else has done it better than us, or we think someone else will do it better than us. Or maybe we have a story that we're not good enough. How have you helped, or how is this book going to help us to believe that we are enough and that any one of us can pitch and write and be seen? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think that's that is one of the messages through the book that um you can do it and to keep going with it and you know and also you know people can continue to work with me on particular things that might be um feel a little bit more stuck as well and that includes with I also support uh, authors that are writing their books and um, also while they're launching the book and then after they've launched the book. So it's a big journey um, and it's good to have support through that. And um, I think the same goes with pitching article ideas and um, continuing to, to for it to be part of uh, a daily or weekly or monthly process which can contribute to creativity. So um, I think, you know, when we're really, when we get really caught up in the outcomes, um, that's when it's not so, so much fun. So in the book, I talk about, you know, pitching as a way of being creative and that creativity actually extending and, and contributing to your day or to your week, depending on how many how many pitches you want to do. So, but yeah, I think it's just really giving people the confidence that they can do it and identifying, you know, belief systems that might be getting in the way that, um, that, um, you know, we can actually work on disempowering those, those belief systems and um, step into more of our uniqueness and share that with the world. 
Mm, I love this so much. I think what's so beautiful with you having the psychology background as well, is it fair to say then uh, you don't have to have a perfect pitch, but a pitch that comes from the heart? Do you see that um, quite instantly and despite the funks or the mistakes or perhaps it's not quite written in the perfect, I, I don't know. I'm just trying to think about it from someone who, if you've got something really powerful to share and you just pour that into a heart, do you see that? Oh, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I've I've had people over the years that have said, look, I've been told by a teacher that I couldn't write, um, but I just feel that I want to share this particular thing. And so just supporting them through it and then they've sent through their article and it's just like boom you know your heart just is open wide because because of the the heart energy attached with it um and so you know it's been my pleasure to sort of fine tune and do a little bit of editing to support that person um and then allow allowing them to to be published and to to have those unique messages shared so yeah, well, we're very lucky to have someone like you there because I can imagine a lot of people, and I'm just mind reading here, but they'd get a script across the page and if it's not written in a certain way, they may discount something that's actually full of gold just because the person doesn't know how to do it. Mm. Have you found many beautiful souls who have contributed that you've had to or that they've actually gone on and you've actually been a part of their platform to even going from article writing to being an author. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a it's a joy and um, sometimes receiving like the handwritten letters in the mail of how you've been a part of someone's journey because sometimes you don't realise uh, how big the process is for them. And so, yeah, that is, that is, um, that's an amazing thing to experience um, that on so many different levels and yeah and I think you know I I also just wanted to say that you know the 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 world of um, freelance writing for magazines and newspapers it can be um, not always supportive and and um, feel good you know that there, there can be you know editors that uh, are rushed and don't have time to respond or don't you know don't always have time to respond in a a way that's supportive. So um, I think there's there's um, the book that I've written I think is a good reminder for, you know, just to really be backing yourself as well and to keep going. Um, so, yeah, I think that's that's a really big one because the, you know, seeing ourselves, acknowledging ourselves and backing ourselves um, allows us to be, you know, a powerful uh, contribution in the community and and gives other people permission to do the same right yeah 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 absolutely and, and sometimes you know it's like it's like the writers you hear like even jk rowling how many rejections she received before the books were actually published you know and yes. um yeah and you know even when you're told oh you know by a school teacher oh you can't write or you know, someone's someone said, you know, you've got to do something different to your book, or you know, just that belief in yourself and to to trust yourself when you need to at those times and to keep going. I think one of the biggest things I learned, you gave me a challenge a number of years ago, 
and it was to write an article, a cover story, to write the cover story on Dr. Libby Weaver. I absolutely shat myself. I really did not, I don't, even though I've written six books, I still, to this day, it's not a limiting belief, but I just haven't considered myself a writer. I consider myself a storyteller, Mm. but I remember saying to you, I wasn't sure I could do it. And you, your words to me at the time went something like this. What is it that you love about Libby? What inspires you about her? Go after the story and her why. And I followed that and I tape recorded my whole conversation, which was a bit like a podcast, a bit like this. And it actually taught me the fundamentals of podcasting. How do I tap into the essence of this person via hearing and wanting to be a voice for the person that I'm interviewing, but also being a voice for the listener? So making sure that I ask the question that maybe a writer or a reader or a listener would want to hear being answered. And so I've never been able to publicly acknowledge you for that. That that story that I ended up writing of Libby was the platform for me to realize I could interview people and tell their story, whether it's a podcast, an article, or an interview. And I just want you to know that you have no idea how much that helped me grow as an individual and get out of my comfort zone, but also to go beyond the belief that I wasn't a writer or an interviewer or an article writer. So thank you. Hand on heart. I don't have words. My God. It was pretty astounding to be asked to write the, the magazine story for a cover. That's why I was so interested in understanding your reasons for who's on the cover. But man, that was big pressure. But I took it with both hands and I've never looked back. And I just want to say thank you because you taught me how to be the voice of the person I'm interviewing, but also the voice of the person listening or reading it. So yeah. it's it's a skill I take my hat off to all of you. That took me a long time to do that. But thanks to you roughing up or polishing all the rough bits, I was so, so grateful. And oh, man, that polishing. was a beautiful cover. <laughs> oh. no. We've just absolutely adored the cover story and oh, that's just so amazing to hear that. Mm. Oh, thank you. Very big learnings, isn't it? So so please, if you're listening to this, get hold of being enough because we are all enough, but also never underestimate the power of your pitch or to write your story or to be seen. Uh, beautiful, Vanessa, if, if someone wanted to get a hold of this book, or follow the magazine, the digital version, or the hard copy, um, if that's still something that's really important to you or to them hearing this, how can we follow you, my love? Uh, So holisticblissmagazine.com would be covering all of those those aspects. (laughs) Holisticblissmagazine.com will get us all of those. And we can get the book through there as well, can't we? That's right. So there's a digital and a, a paperback version of, of my book. Have you done and the audio yet? No, actually I haven't. Oh, <laughs> to, hear an, oh, to hear an author read their book to us is just so beautiful. I'm going to put the challenge out to you because to hear your words as you've written it is just you, you hear all the nuances and then little It's almost like when I finished audio recording my book, The Art of Self-Love, I finished that and looked up at the recording artist and I went, God, that's a good book. (laughs) 
<laughs> I think we get so ensconced in the writing of it and getting it right and the journey of, of making sure it's readable and that it's in, inspiring for our reader that you forget sometimes just the learnings and the beauty of what it is that you've written. What would be, you know, perhaps for you a final message encompassing all that we've talked about today? And perhaps, beautiful Vanessa, you can include your favourite quote in that. Yes, well, it would have to be Joseph Campbell's Follow Your Bliss that has been my mantra really for so long and, uh, you know, to to really, um, you know, follow those intuitive hunches and um, I call them green green intuitive lights, you know, just to um, uh, to the next step, you know, uh, in the journey. So um, and thank you so much for inspiring me yet again, Kim, like, the the audio side of things for the for the book is is that's an amazing um next step for me and you know and all of the other ways that you've inspired me over so many years I just yeah so grateful oh I see you know we really do belong to the mutual admiration society there is a real synergy here and I just, yeah, I, I think it's uh, not just time, but it's just a beautiful platform for us to congratulate you. There is something about becoming an author. There is something extraordinary in being an editor, a journalist, but then to back that all up with the psychology that you have in your heart just makes you the whole package, beautiful Vanessa Finnegan. Thank you so much for being on the Self Love Podcast. Thank you, Kim. Thanks for listening to the Self Love Podcast. Be sure to write a review and share the love with your friends and family. And head over and visit Kim and her team at 28.com. That's the word 20 and the number 8.com. Take good care. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.